Hey everybody, welcome to the Different Church Podcast. My name is Jarrett and I just want to say I hope you're having an awesome day and if you're not, I hope it gets better right now. So you are about to listen to something we've never done before. Um, I know the church is only a couple weeks old, so there's a lot of things we haven't done before, but we have never not had service on Sunday <laughs> since we started. Uh, I mean, I guess we kind of did. It was just, it was online. Uh, we did like kind of a faux live stream. Uh, it was really pretty cool. There's a couple different ways you can watch. <clears throat> uh, so if you want to jump in for next Sunday, uh, it's at 1030. You can watch, we do a Facebook live premiere. So if you just go to our Facebook page, um, you can watch along with all of us at the same time and you can kind of interact in the comments section. What's cool is Hannah sort of specifically designed these uh, sermons to include some discussion questions. So there's actually uh, some stuff to kind of talk about. So that is one way you can watch. Another way is maybe at your house, <coughs> you would um, rather watch on TV and maybe you have like a smart TV with YouTube. So we'll put the um, sermon on YouTube the day before. I, I put it up at like midnight you know, Saturday night, Sunday morning. And then basically you just kind of fire up the, um, the sermon on your own at 1030 and everybody else who wants to watch that way does the same thing. And then we have a Slack channel that you can be invited to and you can talk along in the Slack channel. So if you'd like an invite to Slack, uh, just let us know, shoot us an email, hello at diffchurch.com and we will get you all set up. And that way you can, I don't know, make fun of whatever Hannah's wearing <laughs> in the next one. Don't do that because she always looks so cool anyway. So what's going on with Different Church? I guess the same thing that's going on with everybody right now. We're uh, nervous, um, bored, <laughs> um, but hopeful. Uh, we've had some really cool press recently. If you follow us on social media, you've probably seen us share um, a Creative Loafing article, and there's actually going to be one going to print here in the next few days which A, is really, really cool, but B, I don't know if anybody's going to see it <laughs> because we can't leave our house right now. So, I don't know. Um, if you have a chance to go get a creative loafing, please do, because we're going to be in the print edition. Um, so that's really cool. And then we also had a couple of uh, posts that did really good numbers uh, about hashtag Corona kindness. We're just trying to find ways to spread kindness to as many people as we can. Uh, be on the lookout for more stuff like that coming from us. Um, one of the things we're going to try and do is like a virtual concert. We've got some really great musicians who um, play with us on Sundays. And unfortunately, they are like completely out of work. So we're going to sponsor uh, a concert for them to play. Uh, it's going to kind of double as like, you know, our music time. And we might attach one or two songs to some of the stuff that Hannah's doing. But eventually we'll release the whole thing at once and it is going to kind of coincide um, with a benefit to help raise money for some of these musicians. So I'm really excited about that. We're kind of going over the details now on how everybody can self-film and then we can just like glue everything together. And I, I, I think I have a plan to make it work really, really cool. And so hopefully it'll be really cool. <laughs> so that's exciting. One of the things that I'm really excited about um, since we're not really supposed to gather, I'm in a bunch of church Facebook groups on social media and basically everybody's running to do live stream. And I think that's cool. We did it obviously sort of, we didn't really do it live. <clears throat> um, 
But one of the things that people aren't really talking about right now is podcasts. And I love the fact that you can listen to what we do via podcast. So we're going to continue putting the messages in podcast form, but we're going to add more content. It's going to be in the same podcast. So you don't have to like subscribe to a different one. Uh, it'll come in this one. And we're going to start going through Revelation. Um, I don't know anything about Revelation. And Hannah's really smart and she knows a lot about Revelation. So we're going to do it together. And uh, I'm going to ask all the dumb questions. So the ones that hopefully you want to ask, but you know, you don't have to. I'm, I'm going to be the dumb dumb. Um, we're going to put that out this week, actually. Um, so be on the lookout. We'll probably do the beginning of the week. Every week will be the message podcast. And then the middle or towards the end of the week, we'll do the Revelation uh, podcast. Uh, so I'm really pumped about that. Make sure and invite your friends. Um, share the, the episode with them once it comes out. Subscribe. Give us a rating. Uh, I think it's going to be really cool. What else is going on with different church? Nothing. That's pretty much it. We're waiting just like you are. Uh, I just want to say I hope you're doing okay. Um, I hope you're not too anxious or nervous. And if you feel fine and you're not nervous at all, just know that people around you are. Uh, so just, you know, help me maybe help people feel better. Uh, treat them with extra kindness. And uh, I just can't wait to get back to normal, whatever normal is going to look like in the coming weeks and months. I don't know. I just really want to go to Starbucks. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I hope you're well. Um, let us know what you think of this. This is um, the first ever virtual message from Different Church. I actually didn't get a chance to listen to it yet because it came on live this morning, and we have a almost three-year-old, and as you know, I can't do anything for 20 minutes with him. <laughs> so I, I tried to listen, but I, I haven't had a chance to yet, so I'm going to do it after I record this intro. So I don't even really know what it's about. And you know I normally pick the title. So what I'm gonna what I wanna call the title is Virtual Insanity. Um <clears throat> yeah, hopefully that won't scare people when they see it. Virtual Insanity is the name of this podcast. Here we go. friends, welcome to the first ever online edition of Different Church. My name is Hannah and I am the pastor of Different Church and today we are trying something entirely new, which is an online video sermon. Yay! Actually, this could be go terribly wrong or it could be wonderful. You can be the judge of that. Um, if we make it through the entire sermon without me hitting this microphone, it will be shocking. Um, but I am going to do my best to communicate with you, and um, I invite you also to join the conversation down in the comments below. We will have um, some people watching this all at once, and of course, if you're watching this at a later time, you can join the conversation there as well. So, today, we are going to talk about a famous Bible passage. Famous. It is Psalm 23, um, and it's very interesting, actually, that we're talking about Psalm 23 today, because... We as a church follow the lectionary. Now, the lectionary, if you aren't aware, is a set of texts that are set for each Sunday of the year for a three-year time period, usually, way, way in advance. So there are hundreds, perhaps thousands of churches that are talking about the same passages of scripture as everyone else on the same Sunday. So as we are talking about Psalm 23, there are many, many other churches who are also talking about Psalm 23 today. 
And that's really powerful to have that community with our brothers and sisters in faith around the globe. But it's interesting that Psalm 23, one of the most famous passages in the Bible, and also one of the most appropriate for what we are experiencing right now, is the text for today. So I'm going to read it, and then we'll kind of discuss it together. Now, normally as a church, we follow, we follow, we use (laughs) the NLT, which is the New Living Translation, because I feel like that's very easy for everyone to understand. Um, It's pretty clear in the way that it gets its point across. But When it comes to Psalm 23, a lot of us, especially if we've grown up in faith or faith tradition, is we've heard this psalm over and over, and so we have a particular version of it already in our mind. So the version that's in my mind that was read to me as a child, that was said to me in church services when I was growing up, is the New King James Version (laughs) of Psalm 23. So that's the one I'm going to read because it's most familiar to me, but I invite you After I'm done reading this short passage in the New King James Version, if you have a different version that speaks to you, maybe it's the NLT, maybe the NIV, maybe the Message Bible, anything that that connects with you and you've heard this psalm in that phrase that way before, you can pause this video and go read that to yourself. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. You make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside the still waters. You restore my soul. You lead me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So, first of all, Psalm 23 is a beautiful piece of poetry. Um, Even if you are not a person of faith, I'm sure you've heard some of those words because it's a very famous, very ancient poem. Um, And we're lucky to have it to be able to discuss, but we are lucky on a different level because as people of faith, we can actually relate to it and it can tell us something about where we are right now. Um, And so first let's talk about meaning. So how do we see meaning? Um, What is the meaning of being human? What is the meaning of being a person of faith? So a prevailing belief certainly I have believed this at points in my life, is that God creates meaning in our life by making things work out a certain way. Um, And I hear this in statements like, all things work together for good, or don't worry, it'll be all right in the end, um, or don't worry, God has a plan. But here in this particular passage, we see that neither the shepherd nor the sheep are making promises that everything will be well. Um, and even when that verse in the New Testament is quoted, all things work together for good, it doesn't say all things will be good. And that's an important distinction to make because I feel like that's one of the really unhelpful statements people make <laughs> when something tragic or terrible is going on in your life. Someone's like, all things work together for good, don't you know? I'm like, yes, that's not helpful right now. Um, because right now in this moment, what is happening is not good and it doesn't feel like it's going anywhere productive. Um, it only says this verse that there will be a good outcome at some point, which we maybe will live to see and maybe we won't. 
And by all will be well, we want everything to be well in our lives. But we generally mean by that we want the promise of a full life. We want, we want to know that we're not going to have any meaningless suffering, any meaningless pain, and that we can, we know we we know like intellectually that we can't avoid death, um, but that our lives will live on beyond us. So in this psalm, we actually don't see that. We see this realistic view of life, but also it's still full of hope. And we know, we know that hope, right? When and it can happen in these tiny little moments when our favorite song comes on and it gets to that perfect part and you just want to sing it. Um, it can happen when we sit down to an amazing meal or we see an, an incredible sunset or we have just like one minute of calm and serenity in our minds or we have this movie that makes us laugh until we cry. We have all these little moments in our life of pleasure, of focus, of epiphany, that these all these little things, they nudge us and they keep telling us, by the way, don't forget, you are alive. And this moment won't last forever, but don't worry about that right now. In this moment, remember that you are alive and that this is why life is worth living. These moments, and we can build, you could think of a million examples of these moments, they are our green pastures. They are our still waters. And I will give you a really silly example of this um, <laughs> because a lot of places in our country are quarantining or shut down. Where I live in St. Petersburg, Florida, we are all practicing social distancing and a lot of things are closed, but not grocery stores and not drive-throughs and things like that. So I didn't sleep much last night <laughs> or the night before. And I'm feeling like a little overwhelmed by everything. And so my husband went out to do a little bit of grocery shopping this morning for the next week. And he brought me a coffee, which is a tiny little thing. And I haven't even drank it yet, barely. I've only had a few sips. So what is this? This is all nervous energy. Anyways, that moment when I like took that first sip, I was like, oh, that felt like still waters. That felt like green pastures. And you, I'm sure, have experienced this at some point this week, even in the middle of what everything is going on. You've had this moment where you're like, yes, I've had this still pasture moment. And this is when we're together, hopeful. Things feel solid. But these people, peaceful and hopeful elements, they don't eclipse in this psalm, the fact that there are enemies nearby. Um, they don't hide the valley of the shadow of death. We will be afraid. Sometimes we will face pain. We will all die at some point. We will all eventually be forgotten. Um, but that's part of life. We To live as a human, to have meaning as a human, to have a full life means we experience everything life has to offer. And we can actually filter it through the lens of faith and purpose. Um, and we often search for purpose on like a global scale or a grand scale. We want to leave a legacy. We want to be remembered. We want to have this deep abiding purpose that travels with us no matter what we do. We want to have fulfillment. Um, and sometimes we achieve that. Sometimes we feel very purposeful and very sure of what we should be doing. But often... Way more often, I would say, meaning happens moment by moment. 
Meaning actually isn't promised to us beyond this moment right now. Meaning happens real time. This moment is all we've got. Today, today, minute by minute, uh, I've got this moment to talk to you. And then I'll have another moment and I'll drink my coffee with my husband. And then I'll have another moment. And then, and then, and then. And we often talk about God in terms of God's eternal care for our souls. The resurrection, the life eternal, the hope, the glorious hope that keeps us going forward. That future happy day Um, in my tradition, which is Pentecostal, we have this song (laughs) that one of the lines is one glad morning when this life is over i'll fly away um so we have this image of like redemption and peace and fulfillment in the future but often what we forget is now because in this psalm in psalm 23 as sure as a shepherd cares for their sheep a shepherd would never dream of abandoning their sheep as sure as a host prepares a feast for people who are being chased by enemies. God is with us in the present moment. God tends to us and cares for us in the present. And God is here now, which we know, but sometimes we forget and we don't think about it. In the New Testament, especially in the Christmas story, there is a name for God that is used and it's called Emmanuel. Um, Fun fact, My grandfather's name was Emmanuel. That is neither here nor there. I just thought you might want to know that. So Emmanuel is a Hebrew word that means God with us. And in every moment, like at Christmas, we're like, yeah, Emmanuel, God with us. God was a tiny baby, dear six pound, eight ounce, tiny baby Jesus. Like we know God with us. We can get, we can grasp that. But do we really understand that it, it is for now as well, that In every moment, even the most mundane and ordinary, (laughs) even the most joyful or the most sorrowful, that God is with us right now with our fears, with our boredom, with our social distancing. Um, So when we think about this, we inevitably come to this question, which is these ordinary moments of holy wonder, these sacred moments where God is with us right now? Are they enough for us? Do we need more from God? Or can we trust that what we need and desire most are provided to us when we pay attention and we work together? And what do we need and desire most? There's so many things that we could need or desire, but I think underneath most people, what we want more than anything is we want that sacred break from the hard work of being human. We want to have people that we love and that love us. We want to be in relationships. We want food, shelter, and hope. That's what we desire. And can we think that those ordinary things where we can be with each other, be with our families, be with people that love us, is that enough? Is that a sacred moment for us? There's always the fact of all this beauty around us, even in the middle of pain. Um, There's always all these possibilities for love and hope, even in the middle of uncertainty. And this is the gift of God 
It's fleeting and eternal. And by that, I mean, it's right here, right now. And then we're on to the next moment. And that moment has passed. But did we stop to notice that in that moment, there was the sacred? So this psalm is a comfort, but also a challenge. So the same God in this psalm who leads the sheep by the still waters, gives them green grass, restores their soul, is the same God who leads them into the valley of the shadow of death. Now, the sheep are not wandering there accidentally. (laughs) It's an inevitable part of the journey of faith. And I think we all know this deep down. We just try not to. We try not to dwell on it because it's upsetting to think about that there will be times of pain in our lives. But when we follow truth, when we pursue justice, when we elevate love, um, it always, there will be a valley. It's just part of being human. If we're a human that lives on the earth, at some point we are going to encounter a valley. It's not a question of when, it's a question I said that wrong. (laughs) Let me start over. It's not a question of if, I should say. It is a question of when. And when we read the Bible, we know this to be true. So the prophets in the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures, they knew very deeply of the valleys. Uh, Jesus knew the valley. He knew when he was getting close to it. He knew when he told his disciples that it was almost time for him to die. Uh, Peter, Paul, all the disciples knew the valley that they were walking through. We know it as people who left stability and security and comfort to try to plant a tiny little inclusive community of faith called Different Church. And God sometimes will lead us into dangerous lands um, or through dangerous lands. And if we've grown used to still water and green grass, we might ask, are we still following the shepherd? Because we are called to walk in the valley, the valley that everyone will eventually get. And I don't want you to think that our valley is special. So right now we have this global situation that is occurring all around the world. It's occurring in our hometowns, in our houses even. Um, It's occurring in nations around the world. And Everybody as a human is walking through this valley together, but there is something about being a person of faith because we know that we are not in the valley alone, that the shepherd is actually with us, watching over us. And Psalm 23 highlights two things about God that are important. So first, our journey of faith is an unfolding journey and God unfolds to us how we can proceed, how we can have meaning, how we can have comfort as we walk. It's not told to us usually in advance, um, which is probably a good thing because if <laughs> if it was told to us in advance, we would be like, nope, not doing that. I'm going to run away. Thank you. So when we take a break besides still waters, when we take a rest in the green pastures, we restore ourselves. We build up our energy. We build up our strength. We clear our minds. We have focus, but we don't stay there permanently. We stop to rest for the next leg of the journey. And I'm sure we've felt this at some points in our lives. We have periods of rest and calm followed by periods that are exhausting. Like we're hiking a hundred miles on a trail with no hope, but then we're going to run into another period of rest where we can be restored for the next leg of the journey. The peaceful part of our life is meant to bless us. It's meant to build us up, but we're not meant to stay there forever. We are meant to walk the path of life, knowing that there will be another time of rest and that there was a time of rest before. And that in the middle, when we're walking in between those oases, 
we are not alone. And there is a shepherd who is God looking out for us. And second, when we think about this psalm, we think in terms of hospitality. So we have a very different understanding of hospitality now than they did in ancient cultures. Um, Usually hospitality, being hospitable, is something you do like, you know, I invite friends over to my house and I am the host. I'm the hospitable host. Maybe I'll order them a pizza because y'all know I'm not cooking. Um, I might like light a candle, (laughs) something like that, Um, make drinks. That's being hospitable. Or we're like, come on over. Um, We have a church cafe team that will serve you some coffee on Sunday morning. That's our hospitality team. But in the ancient culture, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with our current definition of of hospitality. We just need to think when we try to translate this into an ancient culture in which this psalm was written, that that was not their understanding. So being hospitable in the ancient Hebrew culture and in many of the cultures around the same time that the Bible was written is always revolved around the treatment of complete strangers or travelers who could not fend for themselves or were in danger of some kind. So if you were a traveler in the ancient world, um, there were very few inns. There's not like there was hotels on every corner. There were no drive through restaurants. There were no Starbucks to get you a coffee and have that moment of glorious angel singing when you take your first sip. There was none of that. So if you were traveling on the road for a long distance, you had nothing. You had the clothes on your back. Maybe you had a knapsack or a backpack of some kind. If you had any large sum of money on you, you'd probably be very worried because literally anybody could just come like beat you and take your money. And to be hospitable in that culture was to accept and protect a complete stranger into your house. If somebody was walking and it's late at night, they have nowhere to go and they knock on your door to refuse them would have been unpardonable. Um, And that's why we see many times in the Old Testament, we have these stories of people that are punished or they receive some kind of punishment because of their treatment of strangers, because the stranger is a defenseless person in this situation and relies on someone else for protection, for comfort, for food, for security, and for meaning in that moment. And the words used in verses five and six are the type of words that a thankful guest would use to their host who has protected them and fed them. Um, And when we reflect on the hospitality of God, who has fed us and protected us from danger, we can say things like, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Now, that sounds beautiful, but what does it mean? So you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So perhaps there were people chasing me on the road and yours was the first house I came to. And I come in and I just say, can I just stay inside your house? And yet I'm not given a cot in the corner. I'm given a wonderful master bedroom and there's a feast laid out as though I am a king or a queen, a person of great status. This host is saying, come in and I will give you the best that I have. Um, You anoint my head with oil. That's not like um, dumping oil on your head or if you're Pentecostal, like anointing your head like this with oil. It would be used for bathing and grooming and um, oil especially was used for all kinds of things, but it was a very special part of a like a self-care ritual, not self-care, maybe like (laughs) self-cleaning would be a better way to say that. And my cup runs over. It doesn't mean you're holding a cup that's like, overflowing with water. It means when you get to the bottom of your drink, the host is refilling it. The host is not giving you the cheap wine. 
The host is bringing out the best that they have for you, a complete stranger. And so when we think about God, these are words that are powerful because we often are strangers with things that are attacking us from outside. And we come in, we can come into a church, we can come into a faith community, we can come in just to a friend's house and say, I don't know what to do. It feels like everything is closing in. It feels like I'm not going to survive this. Can I just sit with you a while? And we come in expecting scraps. And what God prepares for us is a feast, a table of the best things in the middle of our pain, in the middle of running from enemies, in the middle of the valley of the shadow of death, our cup runs over with hope. Our cup runs over with life. We can take a moment to focus on our bodies and check in with ourselves and say, you anoint my head with oil. Am I taking care of myself? We, what is laid out for us of no, we don't deserve it, right? We're just a stranger traveling on the road and God opens the door and says, come in. I have prepared the best feast for you. And sometimes we are the host for other people. And sometimes we are the ones who are hosted. And we need both in our lives. And we really, really need each other, especially in a time like this, because when we think about this metaphor of the shepherd protecting a sheep in a dark valley and the, sh- the host protecting a stranger who is lo- tired and exhausted and worried and giving them the best that they have, when we think that this is what God does for us, how does God do it? Through each other. God takes on flesh which, isn't, which shouldn't be surprising to us because our main story in Christianity is God became a person, took on flesh, became Jesus, and was with us. And so when we say, how does God do this right now in our current situation, it's that God takes on flesh, takes on us, and then we serve each other. We can gift each other with what we need. We can be the hands and the feet of Jesus. We can be the people who are the host and who are hosted. And so Psalm 23 invites us to ask how we are living in community in terms of body, in terms of our souls and our spirits so that we can continue the work of God without being isolated, overburdened, or lost to despair because the journey is always going to keep going on, but there are ways we can live so that when we keep going, it feels like hope, not exhaustion. And on a personal note, this week has been rough and I'm sure it's been rough for many of you. Um, I'm sure perhaps you feel exhausted. Perhaps you don't feel like there's a feast before you. And this is where we can help each other. And so let's think about this. This is what I want you to think about as we close. And you can share in the comments. If you feel comfortable sharing your responses in the comments um, or joining in the conversation on Facebook or Instagram, we also have a Slack channel for our online messages. If you would like that, you can comment below and we'll get you hooked up. Um, 
as we approach the next week, because it's Sunday and we have another week of this where things will be changing constantly. What is one thing, one thing you can do right now to feel less isolated? If you're in your house, home alone, you're practicing social distancing or you are quarantined right now, what is one thing you can do to feel less isolated? What is one thing you can do right now to help other people through this devastating time? And finally, and this one perhaps is the most important, and this is the one I really want to reflect on, is how have you seen the grace of God, the care of the shepherd in your life this week? And and really think back, because if your answer is instantly it wasn't there, I guarantee you it was. I guarantee you that somebody took on the flesh of God and we cared for each other. Somebody has reached out. There has been some moment this week where you felt hope, where you felt calm, where your body said, hey, you're alive. And even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil because we are not alone. The shepherd is with us. And surely this goodness and mercy that we've created as a community, that we have created inside of us, and that we can share with each other in the world, surely that will follow us all the days of our life. And we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And so I'm going to close with a benediction, which is a blessing and a prayer. Um, For us specifically, as we go into this next week of uncertainty, together. God, in your presence, we are nourished with abundance. You make our weary hearts glad. You remind us of the ordinary gifts that surround us. May fear of scarcity never let us forget all that we have. Keep us from greed. Keep us from selfishness. Let generosity and hospitality always pour from us. Goodness and mercy go with us from here. Relentlessly they pursue us. Even in the middle of valleys that can make us fearful, even when danger feels as though it draws near, still the gift of God will not yield. Sacred provision surrounds us. Let us go in the confidence of God's care for us and our care for each other as we follow Christ wherever love leads. Amen. Well, I was going to say this wasn't a complete disaster. (laughs) Thank you. uh, Special thank you to Jarrett who helped me with this video setup. Jarrett is our tech director. So very thankful for him, thankful for all of you that are watching. And I just invite you, as I said, to to keep connecting with each other, keep connecting with us as we go through this week. And we will see you next Sunday. Bye friends. Thank you so much for listening to the Different Church Podcast. For more information about us, check out diffchurch.com. That's D-I-F-F church. 
or follow us on social at Diff Church. 